Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Tuesday, June 2nd. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Sony is delaying its PlayStation 5 reveal. Call of Duty is delaying its upcoming content updates. Pokemon Sword and Shield's first DLC finally has an actual release date. And Trackmania has a weird new monetization model. Sony is pushing back its PlayStation 5 game reveal event. Sony was primed to hold an event on Thursday to showcase PlayStation 5 games, which is exciting, but yesterday, basically just as I was hitting export on Monday's episode, the at PlayStation Twitter account shared a statement reading, We have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PlayStation 5 games, we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. I appreciate this decision, and I think it is the right call. As excited as I am to see PlayStation 5 games and think about the future of video games, it would feel strange to release basically a series of commercials to make you excited about buying something expensive later this year. Don't get me wrong, I love video game commercials. I love them so much, I usually pretend they're not commercials and call them trailers, because that sounds better, but the timing just feels wrong. My hope is that this delay allows Sony to add more gameplay reveals or add more content to the ones that were already all set to go, and ultimately improve the presentation, making it better and increasing the number of people using the fry from Futurama GIF, where he says, shut up and take my money. Activision is delaying some upcoming Call of Duty seasons. Activision has upcoming content plans for Call of Duty Mobile, Call of Duty Warzone, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but it has decided to push them all back. In a statement on Twitter, the official Call of Duty Twitter account wrote, While we all look forward to playing the new season of Modern Warfare, Warzone, and Call of Duty Mobile, now is not the time. We are moving the launches of Modern Warfare Season 4 and Call of Duty Mobile Season 7 to later dates. Right now, it's the time for those speaking up for equality, justice, and change to be seen and heard. We stand alongside you. It's unclear when those later dates will be, but I understand the reticence to release updates for a game that does make military action fun in a time when the president is threatening to mobilize the military against the people of the United States who are protesting. Activision Blizzard, Call of Duty's parent company, released its own statement yesterday, writing, Today and always, we support all those who stand against racism and inequality. There is no place for it in our society or any society. Black lives matter. I like that statement and appreciate the sentiment, and I hope the larger Activision Blizzard company truly takes what it is saying to heart, because its past actions led many to believe 
myself included, that it does not support peaceful public protest. Last year, Activision Blizzard banned competitive Hearthstone player Blitzchum for a year when he spoke up for the Hong Kong protests during an interview after a Grandmasters match. At the time, Blizzard said, while we stand by one's right to express individual thoughts and opinions, players and other participants that elect to participate in our esports competitions must abide by the official competition rules. If Activision Blizzard has changed its general policies, then I think that's ultimately a good thing. But it's really hard not to raise an eyebrow at a statement like that, considering its past. Electronic Arts is experiencing something similar and released a comparable statement on May 31st that reads, It's game time, but the word game is crossed through in red, so it just says it's time. Tomorrow, we had committed to celebrating Madden NFL 21 with you, but we're not going to do that now. We stand with our African-American black community of friends, players, colleagues, and partners. Our immediate attention is on actions we can take to drive change against the unjust treatment and systemic bias that is plaguing the nation and our world. We'll find another time to talk football with you because this is bigger than a game, bigger than sports, and needs all of us to stand together and commit to change. Again, I like that statement. There is no denying that these are brands trying to come across well during this time, which does feel, you know, gross. But if it's truly how the company feels, then I think it's good. But in Madden NFL 19, EA included a version of YG's song, Big Bank, that removed a verse that spoke about Colin Kaepernick, the NFL player who was at the center of controversy when he knelt during the national anthem to protest the mistreatment of minorities. EA said, including the edited song was a mistake, with a statement that said, we made an unfortunate mistake with our Madden NFL soundtrack. Members of our team misunderstood the fact that while we don't have rights to include Colin Kaepernick in the game, this doesn't affect soundtracks. We messed up, and the edit should never have happened. Trying to figure out where these companies stand on these issues is just needlessly complicated. Ultimately, I like seeing them being supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. That part isn't complicated. I just hope they stand by it in the long term. Pokemon's Isle of Armor DLC has a release date. Game Freak and the Pokemon Company announced two planned DLC packs for Pokemon Sword and Shield back in the beginning of this year. But it only said the first, the Isle of Armor, was coming in June, and the second, the Crown Tundra, would be coming in the fall. This morning, the Isle of Armor was given a specific launch date of June 17th. Nicole Carpenter reported on the release date announcement for Polygon, which comes from a Japanese trailer, and wrote, Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion, the Isle of Armor, will be released on June 17th, the Pokemon Company announced Tuesday. The company said the second expansion, the Crown Tundra, will be released in fall 2020. The Isle of Armor will take place on a new area of the Galar region, aptly titled The Isle of Armor. It's got a new storyline and gym for players to compete, but the update also brings newly discovered Galarian forms of Pokemon and fills out the Pokedex. Some of the new additions were shown off in a video posted to YouTube on Tuesday morning. Exeggutor, Tauros, and Poliwag, among plenty more. I never ended up getting very far into Pokemon Sword and Shield. I was fully prepared to, but my kid was interested in the game, so... I happily handed it over to her, and she got into it in a big way, and then I, I basically never saw my Switch again. 
In fact, since the announcement of the DLC, she has been asking me every few days if it is available yet. So I am excited to finally have an answer for her. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The new Trackmania unveils a questionable pricing plan. Trackmania is a series that has a devoted group of fans, but I think it's fair to say that it's not a particularly mainstream racing game. Its claim to fame is the impressive physics and ridiculous track designs that it includes, where you see cars driving up walls and just launching into the stratosphere. Even if you didn't know exactly what you were looking at, you've probably seen a short video clip or gif of Trackmania in action and you were probably surprised by what you were looking at. It's it's a game that's very impressive to see. There is a new Trackmania coming out, a reboot of Trackmania Nations, and the pricing of the game is weird. PC Gamer's Andy Chalk reported on the news, writing, The base game will be free, but full access to the track editor, which is a major part of Trackmania's appeal, costs $10 per year while full-on club access, which includes admission to special racing leagues, exclusive skins, and that sort of thing, is $30 per year. It's a subscription service, pretty undeniably, and Trackmania fans are understandably disappointed and are speaking out in the game's Mania Planet forums. Chalk continues in their PC Gamer story, In response to complaints, Ubisoft has posted a message on the Mania Planet forums stating that Trackmania doesn't use subscription pricing at all. Actually, it's not a subscription model, but an access to the game for a limited time. You pay for having access to the game for one period, and that's it, a Ubisoft rep wrote. When the time is over, you have to buy the game again for the time that you want to access it again. It's a very creative way to describe a subscription without calling it a subscription, and predictably, it hasn't smoothed the waters. It's a frustrating way to sell a game that I think is honestly exploitive of Trackmania's very specific fan base. Folks who play a lot of Trackmania like to make tracks and work on tracks for a long time. So moving over to a subscription model, I mean, it does make sense. It's kind of gross, but I understand the economics behind it. And it will theoretically allow Ubisoft to continually support the game with frequent updates in a perfect world. But for Ubisoft to try and say the game is not subscription-based is just trying to use semantics to appease Trackmania fans who are understandably disappointed in the new model. 
I think they're right to be frustrated. Hopefully the game is good and is worth a subscription fee. Here's what released today. Valorant, the online competitive first-person shooter from the creators of League of Legends, is out today. At a time when many video game companies are pushing back their various projects and announcements in light of the protests and making room for the Black Lives Matter movement, Riot decided to go forward with the launch as planned and explained its reasoning on its website. It wrote, It's been a difficult past few days on top of an already challenging year. The African-American community is in immense pain. Protests for change are happening all across the U.S., and this is all taking place on top of the difficulties posed by a global pandemic. The days are tense and draining, and we all feel it. Amidst everything that's happening, our dedication to you remains strong. It's the fabric that binds all of us together, and if we can build on the things that unite us, we can weather any difficulty around us. So, Despite the challenges we are facing in the U.S. and across the globe right now, we want you to have the chance to come together and create positive memories in the midst of all that is weighing on us. We hope Valorant will be a small bright spot for you during an otherwise dark time. It's so hard to look at game release events like this, the launch of Valorant, the Call of Duty delays, and Sony's decision to delay the PlayStation 5 and figure out who is doing the right thing. There is really no obvious answer, but I think launching Valorant feels okay. It's different from an event like Sony's planned PS5 event, which is meant to generate excitement about a product planned for release later this year. It's an advertisement, and it would feel strange to get excited about an advertisement this week. But releasing a product, which will hopefully be fun and offer even some temporary respite, I think is welcome. I just hope that the already notoriously problematic community that plays Riot's games are up to the task of being welcoming to new players and encouraging everyone to enjoy the game. I'm actually excited to try the game again now that it has entered official release. I'm somehow already behind and out of practice, even though at the time of me writing this, the game has only been out for a few hours. Liberated is out today on Switch, which is described on its eShop page with the text, Join the revolution and fight the system in this hand-drawn comic adventure shooter. And it's a game all about rising up and fighting the death of personal freedoms, which is crazy that it happened to release this week. The actual game looks interesting, too, separate from the obvious cultural implications. It takes place inside a comic book and has a cool black and white pencil-drawn look, and the gameplay looks a little bit like Playdead's Inside with its 3D world played from a 2D perspective. There also seems to be some shooting and stealth elements like hiding behind moving trucks and stuff like that. I actually reached out to the publisher to see if I could learn more about it. That's it for gaming news today. I'm still slowly working my way through Bioshock 2's Minerva's Den DLC and still enjoying it. One thing I didn't mention about Bioshock on Switch, or at least Bioshock 2 in particular yesterday, is that it looks and runs really well on a Switch Lite, which is where I've been playing it. I love playing games on Switch, and I'm honestly happy to take a little bit of a downgrade in order to have something handheld. But Bioshock really doesn't feel downgraded to me, at least not based on my memory of playing Bioshock 2 when it originally released in 2010. 
I'm sure if I put the PC version next to the Switch version, I would see more of a difference, but comparing it to my 2010 memory, I really can't tell a difference, which is impressive. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to Kyle at RideHome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I'm playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. And you can find me on the MinMax show with two ends for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.